what you want, when you want it, where you want it. This is The Mesh. This episode of The Caregiver Community is sponsored by Pace at Home. During this uncertain time, Pace at Home is enrolling participants who wish to continue to remain at home. Partnering with families, Pace at Home provides caring medical support for all of our program's participants. Visit us on our website or give us a call at 828-468-3980 to talk with a representative that can discuss with you the Pace at Home all-inclusive medical approach. Pace at Home is the champion for seniors wishing to remain in their community. Welcome to the Caregiver Community. This is a place where we talk about the joys and the challenges of caring for our aging parents as well as caring for ourselves. I'm Frances Hall, founder and executive director of a nonprofit ACAP community, the community of adult children of aging parents. There are between 10 and 15 million adult children of aging parents in the United States and many more millions worldwide who are caring for aging parents and are concerned about their own life as we age. In this podcast, we're going to be talking about medication management. What does it mean to manage medications and why is that important? What are some ways that we can make sure our older loved ones still stay safe relative to their medications? And what are some strategies for encouraging and supporting loved ones to take their meds, particularly when they don't really want to? Julie Packer is my co-interviewer for this podcast. Julie has a bachelor's and a master's degree in nursing and more than 25 years experience, most of which has been spent in hospice and palliative care nursing. Julie is now Director of Professional Relations with Carolina Caring and is on the leadership team for ACAP Hickory in North Carolina. Hi, Julie. How are you today? I'm very well, Frances. I hope you are the same. I am. Thanks. Julie and I are joined by Susan Young. Susan is the Director of Clinical Services for United Church Homes and Services, ACAP's new collaborative partner. UCHS has 11 senior living communities in North Carolina and Virginia. Susan has a bachelor's degree in nursing from Lenore Wine University and a master's degree in nursing administration from the University of North Carolina in Greensboro. And she has more than 30 years of experience as a nursing supervisor. So between the two of them, Susan and Julie, 55 years of nursing, I think we've got this covered. (laughs) Among other responsibilities, Susan provides guidance in areas of nursing services and licensed programs, ensuring that UCHS residents receive excellent care that also are compliant with federal and state regulations. We're delighted to have you with us, Susan. Thank so, you. I'm excited to. <laughs> good, good. Not only are Julie and Susan both nurses with extensive experience, they both have lots of experience as adult daughters of aging parents. So, Susan, let's uh, jump right in and start at the beginning. Um, What does it mean? Could you tell us more about what managed medications means and why do we need to know more about this? 
Well, medication errors frequently lead to significant harm in our seniors, and this causes, um, well, it's caused by systemic flaws that may not have simple solutions. Statistics reveal that the danger and frequency of medication errors is is just overwhelming. Um, um, Excuse me, 250 to 400,000 deaths were caused by medical er errors per year. 21% of the adults experience medication or, or medical errors in their lifetime. One in seven Medicare patients experience a medical error in the hospital just alone. More than half of the U.S. population takes at least one medication a day. Older Americans are taking five or more medications, which has doubled over the last uh, recent years. Unfortunately, research does note that about half of the people who live with chronic disease do not take their medications as prescribed to them by their medical um, providers. Susan, those are some really um, uh, startling statistics. And you just talked about that that evidently there are lots of uh, lots of reasons or, or lots of difficulties with people taking medications. What are some of the challenges that senior adults may encounter with medication management that can lead the, to those negative consequences? We've often talked about how it is as we get older anyway, forgetfulness. <laughs> oh, yes. I, that I is the most common-sided reason. Um, and this accounts for both the missed doses and the doses that we take or the, taking the medication too many times or too many pills at the same time. Uh-huh. Um, fear of medication uh, side effects. Um, Sometimes we're just not listening to the physician when he's sharing with us um, things about the medication. Um, But at times, people um, look at the medications that are being prescribed to them and they're having to decide whether this is the right thing for them to do. Um, whether they get their medication filled because they've heard about these side effects and they do not want to have to um, experience them. Uh, Some people have a certain belief uh, about medications that's not good for them, uh, that they would rather do natural things, eat healthier food or take this vitamin to make it all better. Um, like I was saying, the misunderstanding, um, struggling, trying to, um, in their own mind, um, be okay with the extra medications uh, to that, uh, to the patient. It makes them feel like they are sick and getting sicker as medications um, begin to mount up on their counters. Um Having a uh, low health literacy, um, the same thing about discussing or understanding the side effects. How long does it take for a medication to actually take effect? 
um, and just their lack of understanding about their health and the medications that are being prescribed for them. Uh, when they get their medications from the pharmacy, sometimes the bottles um, do not have what the doctor told them. Um, the directions on the bottle is not exactly what the doctor had shared with them. And so that becomes another hurdle for them to um, uh, become familiar with or, or get used to. Um, the last one is also the most important for our elders is the cost. Um, most, and that's the most common reason why prescriptions go unfilled. Uh, financial challenges often lead the seniors to delay or even skip uh, refills or even rationing out their medicine. Um, like, well, I felt better today with one pill. Maybe I can go three days without taking another one, which we all know that that's not the best practice. Right, right. You you said something that that sometimes I get confused about and others may not really understand. De- talk to us about what is health literacy? It's just being able to understand um, what the physician or the pharmacist shares with us, being able to obtain, process, and understand basic health information uh, and the services, being able to make the the most um, proper health um, decisions for ourselves. Good. That that helps. That I'll make that clear. That is, yeah. Susan, this this is a long list of challenges, and to me, all of this provides cause for greater education. Um, how would you just what exactly how how would you define medication education? I think that all of us could uh, spend some time in looking at the medications that we actually are taking ourselves. Um, And with our elders, we expect them to understand just as we understand, but we've not even taken the time to look at what the medicine is, um, how it reacts to us, what was the purpose of taking the medicine, um, the desired effects of the medicine, the possible side effects, um, even what the medication looks like, what's the shape of it, what's the color, um, is it a liquid or is it um, a powder or is it a pill that we take? Um, and just knowing the proper way to, to administer that to ourselves, uh, what warnings are out there on certain things. We know that um, aspirin causes bleeding. Uh, and so that that's one thing that um, most people uh, have a good grasp of. But our cardiac, other cardiac medications, our kidney medications that we're taking to, to help us feel better um, are not always um, in our forefront and, and we're thinking about them uh, and know what to do for those side effects that um, sometimes, ha- you know, sometimes comes up. Um, 
Yeah, and I I know that with my mother, with some of the medications she was on, then you also have that issue of some foods um, don't don't play nicely with some of the medications or vice versa. Um, Exactly. Orange juice um, and grapefruit juice may interact very differently with different medications. making it not absorb in the body like it should. Um, and, and that seems, you know, that's a, that's a concern too. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. You know, I was thinking I wanted to make a point here being the caregiver of a, of aging parents that um, oftentimes we caregivers are the ones picking up the medicine and we drop it off to our parents. And what we might want to consider doing is spending time with the pharmacist all the pharmacies now have, you know, they are obligated to ask you if you need more information. And these questions and points you just made about the name of the medicine, the purpose, desired side effects are things that we probably need to take back to our parents when we're being the delivery person um, and hoping that they can understand it from us if they're not getting it directly from the pharmacist themselves. Exactly. Um, one other issue, uh, one other um, thing that we can do to help them is to start a notebook with each of the medications um, and be able to give them a picture of what the pill looks like, um, the education sheet that the pharmacist gives, and we can also go on the web and pull up um, different things about the medication that we can put in this book um, using pictures uh, using words, not exactly using all of the uh, medical words that you find in the advertisements of the medications, but break it down so that it's easy for them to understand why they're taking what what is left there for them to take and the times. That's a really good point, and that there are times that the medication will change. Uh, that that it's the same it's the same medication, but it looks a little different. And it that all depends on the different manufacturers. Right. You're correct. Right, right. Because I know that that can be a huge, huge issue. Julie, your point of caregivers or or the family members being sure. That, that they help the parent or the, the loved one understand. Um, I'm going to do this, uh, kind of a side story here for a second. Um, my mother was having some pain in her shoulder, and we went to the doctor, and the doctor said, okay, I want you to take, and I think it was like ibuprofen or Tylenol or something for the shoulder pain. And we got out to the car, and I said, now, Mom, you, you understand what they were saying. Oh, yeah, yeah. Absolutely. Well, about two weeks later, I was at my office. I got a call that my mother was on the way to the emergency room, that her blood pressure had gone sky high. The Mm -hmm. reason I realized later is that she thought that they were telling her to stop taking all of her blood pressure medicine and only take the ibuprofen or the Tylenol for her shoulder. So... Your point, Julie, exactly, to be very sure that we all understand exactly what what is being asked for them to do and to really be sure that they that our loved one understands what they are doing. 
So, okay, that's my that's my story for the day. <laughs> okay, so Susan, we've got lots of issues out there. What are some strategies to help make sure loved ones can manage their medications efficiently and effectively? And this will all go along with their um, their disease process or um, how they're reacting to things in their environment. Um, to begin with, uh, most people will start with their medications, uh, the ones in the morning time, putting them out beside their um, sink when they brush their teeth. They know that they need to take that medicine then. Um, medication that they would take at lunchtime, they would put on the kitchen table. Um, medication that they would take in the evening uh, before bedtime, they would put at their nightstand. These are all times uh, and places that they typically will be at during the right times of the day. Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, um, it just it makes it easier, and they feel like they are still being very productive. Um, they know where their medicines are, and they know where it's kept, and and they can do that. As time goes on, sometimes we have to um, provide them with pill bottles. I mean, uh, pill uh, organizers, um, uh, uh, pill box. Instead of saying bottle, I was trying to say box. Um, And these come in different sizes. Uh, You can get the one strip that will hold about three medications, or you can go and get one that has um, morning, afternoon, evening, and bedtime. So, and it's a little bit larger box that you would do, but you would... um, put the medications in it, and they would be able to follow that uh, as the day went on um, until you identified that that's not making it work because they're forgetting more than what they're taking. Mm -hmm. Uh, The next would be um, also um, always maintain a current list of the medications that you could get to Uh, in a hurry if you had to, if something came up and you needed to get the medications all together at one time, that you would have this list uh, prepared and that uh, your parent would also be able to collect all of these together. Um, Trying to think of uh, another one was... um, in the earlier stages, you may be able just to keep all the medication all together in one area, and they're still able to differentiate which ones they take um, at what time. You could color the top of the medication bottles, or you could put pictures on the medication bottles. You could put... Um, uh, a pillow, meaning it's time for bedtime, or you could put a meal picture um, on it and say, you know, this is when you need to take it is during a meal. Mm-hmm. Those are those are some really creative um, answers to uh, difficult um, situations with our aging parents. We know that caring for them is not always easy, um, and 
maybe you could help us understand um, ways in which we could help our parents when they're not so keen on taking their meds or they're just simply refusing to take them. We know they're striving for their independence and they don't want to be told necessarily or directed what to do. So what, what suggestions do you have for us? Always number one is to help the caregiver um, to not be, to not get frustrated, um, to understand that it, it only takes a few minutes to give the medication, but there are times that we need to spend more than just a few minutes with our parent and trying to get them to take their medication. Um, a lot of times the commotion that's going on in the house, um, a lot of times we've got our own children that are running through the house and um, upstairs, downstairs, and out the door uh, about the same time that we're in there trying to talk mom into taking her afternoon medicine. Um, that just distracts her. Um, at times she may want to say, hey, I'm I want to go outside with them. Um, and she's gotten distracted in following what was going on in the house. Um, I encourage uh, many caregivers to, when they're ready to um, provide the medications, is that they make sure that it's a quiet area in the house, um, not a whole lot of commotion. The TV is either turned off or at a low volume so that you can get their direct attention. Um, they're like everybody. If the TV's on, everybody's got their neck craning to see what's on the TV or what are they talking about. Um, and that just distracts them and moves them away from the task that you were trying to accomplish. Um, I would play um, soft music. I would um, sit down at the table or in the living room with them and just talk with them just a little bit and then share with them that, you know, oh, it's time for our medications. Let, let me go and get them and let's take our medicine now. Um, and with that process, just break it down into smaller processes um, when you're ready to give their medications to them. Uh, always approach them very calmly, explain what you're doing, allow them time to talk um, or share, you know, whatever has happened with them during the day. Give them an opportunity to talk with you. Um, a lot of times when you have resistance with the medicine, it's because they feel that, they've, that they're being rushed. Um, which makes them feel confused or afraid. Um, they're not quite sure what they're supposed to do. And this all makes it very um, confusing for them uh, and, and becomes um, a behavior that will pop up more frequently if we continue to allow the commotion and the extra um, stimulus going on. Uh, at times, um, the medication schedule needs to be changed. Um, mom is sleeping later during the morning time, whereas 
before we used to stop on our way to work and make sure that she's up and has taken her morning medicine. Now mom is sleeping until nine o'clock in the morning. Um, And we have to rethink what our schedule is um, about getting to the office and making sure that mom takes her medicine. Uh, Sometimes we need to call the physician or the speak with the pharmacist and ask him what's a better way or is there a different time that I can give the medicine. Um, Going back to the the behaviors or the resistance of taking medicine, sometimes we just have to sit down and try to figure out what was it that I caused in that um, behavior coming out? What can I change so that it doesn't um, bother them as much when I'm getting ready to give them their medication? Uh, sometimes it's just the sight of seeing the medicine sitting there. Oh my goodness, she wants me to take this medicine again. Mm-hmm. Um, and sometimes we just have to watch and see how they're reacting to what's going on at the time and rearrange the schedule to make it work for them best. Uh, some medications become harder to take. And another example would be to call the physician and the uh, pharmacist and and find out if there's other forms of the medicine that you could take. Does it come in a smaller pill that I may have to give it twice a day instead of the the larger pill, which is the extended release, which and it calls it's harder to swallow. Um, causes more difficulty, anxiety. I can't swallow it. It's not going down. Panicked um, feelings that they would have. We we want to try to um, um, alter that. Try to stop it. Deter that from happening at, at all times. Um, sometimes it's if you have a, a family that's very together, um, does everything together, why not take your medicines all mm-hmm. at the same time? <laughs> Share at the at the um, at the breakfast table and at the supper table. Oh, let me get my medicine, and everybody takes their medicine, whether it's um, a, um, a vitamin or. Um, I'm trying to think of another good, uh, just something over the counter um, that we typically take. Uh, they may, you know, they need to take their cardiac medicine. Um, and so you're going to take your uh, vitamin D. And she thinks that that's, you know, that's a great thing. And you don't have any trouble with um, medication management during that time. Um looking to see. And the biggest thing when you do have behaviors is trying to figure out what it was that triggered those behaviors and and go back to trying to make it as simple a period of time during medication um, delivery when we're when we're trying to get um, our parents to take our take their medicine. Um, the less distraction, the better results we'll have. Susan, those are some 
Excellent, excellent points. Good golly. Um, all, of us, all of us should remember all of those. Kind of along that same line, though, in terms of taking multiple medications, there is a term that keeps getting batted around, uh, polypharmacy. What exactly is polypharmacy, and how does it affect or impact seniors? Well, the simple um, term for polypharmacy is a lot of medications. (laughs) Multiple medications for one person to take. Um, Generally, the number of medication ranges from five to ten different medications that one person will take. Um, Polypharmacy includes not only our prescription meds that we deal with, but we're going to the -the over-the-counter, the the Tums, um, the aspirin maybe that we take, um, herbals, the supplementals, um, all of that leads into polypharmacy. Um, And people just don't normally think about the -the over-the-counter medications as being medications, you know, uh, overall. And that, um, the amount of medications that everybody is taking is just extraordinary. Um, It's estimated that 20% of Medicare beneficiaries, which are typically um, the adults over 65, are taking five or, um, excuse me, have five or more chronic conditions that or illnesses that they're dealing with at that time in their life. Uh, 50% of them are taking at least five or more medications. Um, At polypharmacy, we usually see that more as you see decrease in physical and cognitive capabilities. Um, A lot of physicians... Uh, in the past and, and presently now, uh, we go to the doctor, he gives us another pill, and it makes us feel better. Uh, and that's not always the right thing to do. Sometimes we need to look at um, changing things, uh, changing our diet so that we don't need that extra pill. This podcast is sponsored by Jackson Creative a custom communication agency located in downtown Hickory, North Carolina, specializing in online content creation. To learn more, visit thejacksoncreative.com. Jackson Creative, we tell your story. Some of the health conditions, and, and as you're talking about with polypharmacy, the number of medications that some people take, have to take, need to take, Oh my goodness, it's just astounding though. And I, you know, I think about even if I were having to take five medications um, or 10 or more, how easy it would be to get confused about now what am I taking and why and when and how and, you know, and all of that kind of, and and what can I eat and what can I not eat? And, you know, that's just a whole lot to, to try to, say grace over. I know. And as our, as our parents age and uh, these chronic conditions develop over time, they're going to different specialists who aren't necessarily um, aware of some of the other medicines that 
other other specialists that your parent might be saying have prescribed. I think now they're trying desperately and very um, diligently to all keep a um, or reconciled medication list in the in the medical record of the, each respective physician. So when you go, when you take your loved one for that doctor's appointment, if they've been put on a new medicine, make sure that that specialist knows about it and the lists are up to date. We did a, um, a podcast a couple of years ago with a pharmacist. And, and one of the things I remember that he said was how important it is, how beneficial it is for, for anyone to go to the same pharmacy, to get mm-hmm. all of their medications through the same pharmacy. Because often, Julie, like you're saying, all the specialists, and, and hopefully it's all recorded, but not necessarily. But right. if all of those medications are being, are being distributed uh, or dispensed by the same pharmacist, then at least someone is kind of looking at all of that. But I know now there are so many male, um, male pharm- pharm- uh, pharmacies that basically, not gender male, but that we're getting medications through the mail. Yes. And how difficult that is to make sure that everybody, you know, that, that all of the medications, that somebody is looking at all of this and making sure that the medications are not countering each other or exacerbating some of the um, some of some of the issues, and I think when we do use mail order, we lose that piece mm-hmm. of it all coming together. Um, the mail orders are um, advertising cheap, um, cost effective medication uh, packaging for um, for people, but our pharmacy has that total list. Um, They're there for us as a resource. uh, And we tend to forget that. That's right. That's right. And sadly, there there are insurances that, um, and correct me if I'm wrong, you two would know, but, but it seems as though there are some insurances that really strongly encourage using the mail order pharmacies because of the expensive. So that is true. That is true. Um, Even for myself, uh, I have to stop and think, now, wait a minute. I I would rather have a a pharmacist in my neighborhood that I can go to and he's got all of my medicines together. He knows what I'm taking. Um, and, and that's the safest place to go to. Um, the mail orders are, are cheaper, but they're not packaged the way that we would like for them to be packaged for our loved ones, uh, for our parents. They um, come in bulk, and that's not an easy task for um, our parents to have to deal with. Uh, that has to be broken down into manageable pieces for them to be able to take their medications correctly. Right, right. So, Susan, we've discussed um, the challenges of medication management, and you talked about some creative ways to uh, help our parents when they're resistant. 
But how can you give us any suggestions, any creative ways to help our loved ones remember remember to take their medicine when they want to be and can be independent? How do we help them remember to take it? It's just um, providing them um, a, a way that they can recognize and work with it. Sometimes it's visual. Um, sometimes it's a picture on the refrigerator that we put up that gives them what their medicines are supposed to be for each day of the week. Um Sometimes it may be that we place uh, their medications on the windowsill um, in the kitchen. And when they take their medicine, they turn it upside down. Mm -hmm. And we know that they've had their medicine. Sometimes that works with with some family, with some, yeah, some families. Um, Like I said, sometimes we could leave a note um, beside the uh, coffee table in the living room. And it says, did you take your pink pill? Did you take the white pill? Um, In the bathroom, we could do the same thing, asking about whether they took their morning medicine. Um, Some are able to keep up with a calendar. And you could put, uh, you can print calendars off of the websites uh, and make them as um, familiar to them as you can. Uh, sometimes it, there's uh, certain activities on Mondays that you always do um, compared to Wednesdays, and you could put pictures up there to remind them of things that are coming up during the week along with when they take their medicine. They can mark out um, the area on the calendar uh, after each medication was given. And that way, that's a tracking for you to also see how well they're doing. Um, And always um, praising or always taking the time to say, Mom, you did a really good job. Um, And you would be amazed at how big that grin gets on the face mm-hmm. and she's pleased because she made you happy too. Um, some people use dry erase boards. Mm-hmm. Uh, it just depends on where you're at um, in being able to um, participate in that. See, I'm trying to think of what else I could add to that. Jog my memory. <laughs> Very helpful information. Yeah. Thank you. Um, uh, my mom even did, and I thought it was really brilliant. She had a ring binder notebook, one of those that the ring is already in it. Um, and every day when she took her medicine, she wrote down the date and the time and which medicine she took. And so anytime she went to the hospital or doctor or whatever, that went with her to say, this is, this is what I've taken. So, yeah, those are some great strategies. Though. And, and also to take that notebook with you when you go to the doctor's office um, to share with them, um, I'm doing much better taking my medicine first thing in the morning 
and in the evening, is there a way that we can uh, figure out a better time to take, you know, which medication could I take like that instead of giving it to me four times a day? Right. Using extended release medications. Yeah, so much of this really is so individualized that each person, each person's medications are going to be different, and each person's reactions are going to be different, and each person's rhythm of taking them is going to be different. So, Susan, this is some excellent information. Thank you so much. And Julie, bless you. you. Because of your background, you too have made some valuable contributions to this Thank conversation. You. We want to also thank you, our listeners, for joining us. We hope that you have become more knowledgeable about how you can help your parents or other loved ones or even yourself uh, to manage medications well. Before we end, we also want to acknowledge our sponsor for this podcast, Pace at Home in Hickory, North Carolina. We are grateful for their support for these important podcasts. This program is part of the Mesh Network of online shows and podcasts. You may find more caregiver community podcasts on any of the platforms you use to listen to podcasts. You also can find our podcast, of course, on our website, www.acapcommunity.org. And while you're on our ACAP community site, we hope you will take a few minutes to learn more about ACAP, Adult Children of Aging Parents, as well as our local sponsors, excuse me, our local chapters and our educational programs. Thank you so much, Susan. Thank you, Julie. Thank you for listening. Stay safe. been listening to The Mesh, an online media network of shows and programs ranging from business to arts, sports to entertainment, music to community. All programs are available on the website as well as through iTunes and YouTube. Check us out online at themesh.tv. Discover other network shows and give us feedback on what you just heard.